0: Good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer.
1: Welcome to So Bad, It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. You guys, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad, It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. We are at January 12th. The uh, horrible time is just fly- flying by. You guys, hi. Um, it, you're going to be hearing this on a Tuesday. I am recording this Tuesday morning. I drove back to Los Angeles, beautiful, beautiful Los Angeles, uh, last night. And the first thing I saw when I got to Los Angeles, which I can't imagine is a... I mean, I'm trying to make it a sign of strength, but I saw like a burning car. Just like a car in the middle of the freeway just burning and <laughs> with just smoke. It was like a beautiful sunset and just smoke billowing out of it. And I was like, that, that can't be good. That's not what you want. That's not what you want to see. The first thing you pull into Los Angeles, but you know what? I was talking to my friend and, and, and Maritza and she said, uh, think of it like a Phoenix rising from the ashes. And you know what? That's what I'm going to do. That is a phoenix that I am going to have a good year, you're going to have a good year, and sure, I am, uh, I think on my last, um, I'm no longer, I'm COVID free, so I'm just dealing with a couple small things in that, and if you guys are just catching up to this or listening to the first time, hi, I'm not infectious anymore, my name's Ryan. Um, I had COVID, Uh, my family has COVID, Um, we're all just covid a covid fam of course bill and becky bailey would give this to me their final gift to me as it were um and then my friend uh, my friend megan asked me uh, hey how is how is how was the trip was it good overall i'm like no it was not good overall <laughs> there was not i think there was like one day of goodness like i my dog was sick i was sick my family was sick it was just a bunch of sickness and luckily Nothing else in the world is—everything else in the world is pretty chill right now. So, you know, it's—everything's—I think everything's going to be a okay. Okay, I know you guys need a little bit more positivity out of me, so I'm going to do that for you. Uh, Every week I want to—I am covering Salt Lake City, and this week is no difference. I got to tell you, folks, I am in love with Heather Gay, and it's—I think it's more— I think this one might work out a little more than Leah McSweeney because I don't think Heather – I like – like, me and Heather mentally are on the same page. I feel like I am very Heather in a male form, except Heather is is way richer than I am, it seems like, and has kids. So Heather is, I mean, on paper better than me, but I feel like – I. you know, I reached out to her yesterday, and uh, we do follow each other on Instagram, so – um, hopefully she'll, uh, read my message and I'll keep you guys posted about that. That's big news, huh? Uh, today I am so excited, uh, about our guest. Now I am a huge below deck fan. If you guys don't watch below deck, it must be because you don't like the water. And I'm assuming that's because of the movie Titanic because Kate Winslet did not share that, that, that bench at the end when they were in the water, I've said this many times and I'll just I'll say this again. I just if I ever run for office this will be my main platform is that she should have shared that would the I think they were on a piano lid or something. There was plenty of room for her and Leonardo DiCaprio on that. Poor Leo dies. This poor little you know little little poor boy He actually was a poor boy that got he won his way onto the Titanic and then he dies. And all he got out of it was he got to do a new drawing of Kate Winslet and they made love in like a like a car or something, you know, like one time, I think one time. And then the poor guy dies. And literally, if you're in love, if it's that kind of love, I really think Kate Winslet, her character Rose should have said, hey, let's take turns hanging off the side of this thing or. I would have liked to have seen the scene where at least they tried. Like it's just like they didn't even try to get him on top of it. She just and if you notice she like kind of just splays out. She's like she's not even trying to conserve space. It it's just like, you know, when somebody's not sharing the covers with you, that's exactly how she is. She's like, "Oh, this spot's mine too. Oh, seat taken. This spot's mine as well. This spot is okay as well. I I need this space to lay out." And then she literally falls asleep and like this poor DiCaprio kid jack he just like floats into the water and then this motherfucker has that huge expensive diamond she gets on this this boat in the in the movie titanic and then at the end she She drops the fucking diamond into the the ocean, you guys. And the whole boat is out there looking for the wreckage and the diamond. This is supposedly the most expensive diamond that has ever been made in the history of diamonds. And it could have saved, I'm, I'm assuming, several third world countries. You know how many people she could have fed with that in Jack's name? She could have had the Jack Scholarship for nautical voyages or like drawing nudes or something like that. And instead she drops it into the ocean. If I had seen that old bag do that, I would have thrown her directly in. I would have stripped her of her 91st first and go, you go in there now and you see you meet Jack again, because that is ridiculous. That is selfish. And it's not all about you. And that's what we, and that's what we got to know in 2021. It is not about us. We've got to look out for other people. And I'm telling you, guys, girls, anybody listening, if you have a multi-billion diamond in your possession, I plead with you, in the name of So Bad It's Good, do not throw that into the ocean. We can do good things with it. That's all I'm saying. And if you say, like, I just, I do not know how, that movie came out like 20 years ago, I do not know how we didn't at the time rise up as a nation and asked for this to be re-edited because it was just the height of selfishness. And The older I get, the more angry I get about it because that kid that kid was a doer. That kid would have done anything for that girl. And it, it, it's supposed to be a love, you guys. What I'm learning is supposed to be a two-way street. It's not just take, 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 take. You got to give and you got to take. And Kate Winslet rose as, you know, but I'm assuming it's actually how Kate Winslet operates. That's how she's a taker. She's a taker you guys. Don't be a taker. Be a giver and a taker. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's even it out. I'm so sorry. I did not plan on talking about Titanic today. It's just still so fresh in my memory. You know it's fresh. Let me catch up you with a <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I was talking about the ocean. The ocean I love below deck. <laughs> I love below deck. Um, last season on Below Deck, um, you know, I'm t- talking Below Deck, not Below Deck Med, which is Captain Sandy, uh, you guys, Below Deck, I just, I if you don't like Below Deck, I want to know why, because I find it, like, I love, I love seeing apartments on the sea, like, like, when I'm like, oh, like, I love seeing people's living quarters, so A, you get that, I love seeing food shows, you got always, like, chef component to it, I love Top Chef, You got that. And then you get wacky guests coming in each week. So, which, by the way, I think I said this on the show last year they need to do celebrity top, uh, celebrity below deck. Where you just get random, like, sometimes they'll have, like, a C-level celebrity, but I'm talking, like, give it to celebrities. Give it to celebrities every week. They will bring, like, give it to musicians, give it to, I know I read a post that said give it to uh Bravo Cast as well. I think that's an amazing idea, and I cannot believe they haven't done that, because wouldn't you want to see uh, Jax be an asshole on the high seas? I... That's the one time I would allow Jax to be back on my screen, which, by the way, I do want to point out, um, Blocked by Jax, who's been on the show many times, I was reading her Instagram post, Jax, it looks like he's begging HGTV on their Instagram post to do a show, and he thinks he's being all smart. This guy thinks he knows how to manipulate social media, and he just comes off as one of the biggest doofuses I've ever seen use it. And I'm talking even presidential people, like even worse than that. Like the guy is just horrible. And I think in his head, supposedly he's moving back to he's moving to Kentucky uh, with Brit. And he uh, he posted on Instagram his uh, in his stories his uh, layout for what the the man cave barn he wants to build. Like this guy, and then he posted yesterday his new uh, leather nap baby knapsack and it has room for his quote unquote computer. He will always have his computer on him. Um but isn't that crazy? Isn't that cr- like Jax is the guy that wants to know how much stuff he can get out of anything, but also he's in that kind of like prepubescent kind of thing where it was like I would always dream about having a treehouse. And like the treehouse would have like eight rooms, and one room I would, you know, if I had if I had relatives, they could stay in my room in my treehouse, but it would be far away from my room in the treehouse. And like I would have furniture, and I would have like a big screen TV. And you would think all of this shit at eight years old, and like not putting it together of like I can't. A four dollar one of any of this, but you know, and then it would end up your treehouse would be just like four pieces of wood, and like somebody would throw a Playboy magazine in there, and that was your man cave. This motherfucker is still thinks he's like a twelve year old boy, and he's like, oh, my diaper bag, I could, I could bring out my computer, and I have a feeling Jax doesn't really even have a computer he probably has a phone you know or but like in his head he's like i uh, will be a writer one day and i will get a computer like i see and then when i change my baby i will bring out the computer and i will tip tip tip. that's my typing sound Tip 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 and i will write a good script like he's just all about dreams which is kind of fun and i still do that and that's why i think i understand jacks more than most is i do similar things to that it's just that i don't bring babies into it, you know? And it's like, hey, man, why don't you just worry about getting that baby changed and then we'll worry about writing your good script, huh? And why don't we just worry about moving your family there and taking care of your baby instead of uh, building your man cave to be far away from your baby and your wife? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're all a family man, wouldn't the last thing you'd be thinking about is a man cave? Is like some place where you hide out You know what I'm saying? Like, man caves, I feel like, are for men in their, like, 50s and 60s, once they've established themselves, their family, they've taken care of anything. That's when they should have the chance to to run away and hide. Not like now. Like, I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to be Wonder Dad. But I'm also going to build a huge, costly... Uh, farm man cave where I can hide from all of them. And they'll and I'll have a secret code on it. And you, you you need to put a fingerprint on there if you're accepted into the man cave or not. And it's only men. So sometimes my baby could be in there because he's a boy. But Brittany and the other women, no, no, no. So stay, stay tuned to this space for more of this shit because this guy just seems like he still just doesn't get it. And it's all about artifice and what's on the surface instead of actually any kind of hard work. Also, if you're hearing jackhammering sounds, I just want to remind you, I'm back in Los Angeles. And uh, I miss the solitude of my parents' house, except for my mom would just walk into my room. My There's a little tiny guest room because my parents downsized when they retired. And there's a little tiny bedroom with a full-size uh, bed. And then, like, dresser drawers with a TV, you know? And it's, like, such a tiny room where, like, the TV is, like, in your face, you know? So it's just, like, there. Which is fine. I love TV, so I wish it was glued to my face, and it usually is. But my mom would just, just walk in, like, hi. And I just feel like, as a grown man, like, that's, you know, I was like, no, you shut that, you knock. And then she'd come in, and she'd be like... Rye, are you sleeping? And she'd wake me up. It was like that kind of vibe. But I missed them. I, uh, was, I wasn't I was sad to go, but I was sad because it was like, what an adventure we had all gotten. You know, I don't recommend that as um, bringing a family closer together. I don't know if it did. We'll find out. I did not even get to do any kind of interviews with them for podcasts because it wasn't a... It wasn't a podcast vibe as we were all sick, you know? It wasn't like, let's share our stories. So next week, they will be on the show. Uh, And speaking of that... Monday this Monday, you guys come hell or high water, we are going to a daily format, a daily format. I want to remind you guys that right now we've gotten a not a lot of new listeners over the last month. Hello, welcome. There are so many episodes for you to go back and check and there's timestamps, skip around, but there is so much stuff I am proud of in those episodes, and they will last. I mean some of those things I'm really proud of for the rest of my life, and some of those things I'm really horrified of, but like I'm so proud that they're there, so if you want to catch up, they're all there still free of charge. Um, and I think there's a lot of stuff that really holds up for all of the new listeners. If you need, I can't imagine you need more of me, but it's always going to be there. Uh, Patreons there at Wells, uh, patreon.com forward slash so bad. It's good. Hi baddies. Hi baddies. That's what we call ourselves. The baddies. And, um, okay. So anyways, this is my mind's jumping all over because it's, it's weird. Like I've talked to you guys in my mind so much while I was sick. But sometimes not as much on the actual microphone. So when I, I turn this on, it's really exciting to talk to you guys. Um, how are you? You guys are good. It's crazy as fuck out there, right? Like, it is extremely crazy. Democrat, Republican. I mean, it is just politically, we're we're just so in the weeds. I'm so inter- It's weird don't you guys feel like this? It, it's weird. I'm so sorry about that sound in the background. I just need to get this out, so I'm going to have to record, and I hope it's not too... I'll try to mess around with the uh, the audio when I... Anyways, doesn't it feel like sometimes that, like, you're... I'm watching this stuff, and it seems seems unimaginable, and it's almost like we're watching a reality show. And I know people have said that time and time again like, oh, you know, we're living the reality show. We are, but it's almost like a really good, horrifying season. It's like when Brooks and Vicky um, did the cancer scandal and said Brooks had, hey, I'm Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks... Um, Brooks Lied about having cancer and Vicky backed him up that season of Real Housewives of Orange County. That's the season I feel like we're in with America. So it's horrifying. But at the same time, we're so trained to watch these shows that we're like, OK, let's see what happens next week. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, shit, a new episode's out already. Like every day is a new episode with something so batshit crazy that you forget all the batshit crazy things that have had, like that just happened. Like which we can't forget. Like go back and remind yourself how many insane things have happened in this last four years. Also, I mean, just even in pop culture. I mean, I I think I'm going to do an episode later this week on Army Hammer and those DMs. And I hate I don't hate to admit. I mean, I know Army. Like I we were in acting class together for a long time. Him and Joe Manganiello. Uh, we were kind of considered the three hottest dudes in class. <laughs> I once took a picture with Joe Manganiello. You guys. Uh, because my ex at the time <laughs> thought he was hot and wanted a picture of him, and I was like, "Dude, my uh, my lady likes you. Can we get a picture?" And I, I, I should post this picture of me and Joe someday because it's me next to Joe. And like, I'm I'm not ugly. I'm not beautiful. I'm I'm average, and that's totally fine. Like, I'm like you could gussy me up a little bit. I might like better. Or I might look worse depending on the day. But next to Joe Manganello. I looked... Have you ever seen the movie Goonies? There's, like, characters Sloth and Chunk. Chunk is, like, little, like, chubby kid, and Sloth is the mongoloid with the one droopy eye that looks like Food God, Jonathan Cheban. I look like Sloth next to Joe Meganello. Like, I, I was horrified when I saw the photo. I was like, how do I crop this out? Like, this is... I It was... But anyways, imagine those two guys being in your class, and, like, I... I ladies would just fawn and I was never fawned over so it's like you're just like okay like you know like what like they, they were free- anyways army hammer those things are sick as hell what I was reading and I uh I hate to say it but I believe I believe them um I believe those text messages the tone sounds a lot like army and I don't mean the tone of I don't mean the tone of like what he was saying the disgusting shit he was saying the tone of like very if you read them, he's being very respectful and nice of like, what do you think about this? Oh, yes. Oh, you're so, you know, it's like very over complimentary and like listening, but in the same time being really creepy and gross. So the nice part of it was very army. I've been in many conversations or even text messages back in the day where he was like that. He's just one of those dudes. It's like almost like a politician where. He's nice to everybody, you know, and very respectful. But it was interest. I don't know. So I might do an episode later on that the we this week, uh, depending on what else comes out about that. I wanted to uh, do a really quick correction. I did a Hillary Baldwin or Hilaria as. Uh, as fakers call her. Um, I did a uh, episode last week with Sophie Ross, and I really thought it was a a really good episode. I tried to walk through the story as much as possible and kind of talk about it. Um, I did mention uh, Tracy Morrissey got brought on. Tracy's been awesome enough to come on the show a couple of times. And I really, I think I've always said how much I, I really love Tracy Morrissey. Um, But uh, I did bring up on that, that, I think it, it it came out that about not crediting Lenny Briscoe. And I did, I did talk to Tracy this week and she is recovering from COVID as well. So Tracy, I hope you're feeling better, but I wanted to let you know that she did credit Lenny Briscoe and she even did a swipe up to her Twitter thread within her actual story. So I wanted to make sure that was very clear on the reporting. Um, I am not a journalist. Uh, She is a journalist. I am not. So um I wanted to make sure that was clarified and corrected and I look forward to talking with Tracy. Again, about many things to come, but I wanted to make sure that was out there. I don't want to ever add to anybody's problems or create any kind of problems. That's just not my goal. And I'm, I don't know if I consider myself a humorist. I think you guys can all agree. I don't consider myself, you guys don't consider me a humorist, but, uh, I just wanted to make that correction, um, because I was informed about that. So I wanted to make sure you guys knew that, that that was incorrect. Um, so uh, I think that is clear, okay? But I wanted to make sure that was very, very clear. Um, if you guys need me so bad, it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail dot com. Um, reach out to me. My DMs are a mess on Instagram. I'm trying to get through those a little. And you're like, Ryan, are, are you just saying that? No, I'm not saying that. It's just that like it, it really is a mess. I just let things pile up. Um, I'm literally sitting in a room just of shit. From I mean, just everything's disorganized. So I, I will get to them. And also, if you go back and... I mean, I hate to point this out. I'm not going to give out my phone number again. People have asked me... Uh, friends and family members have asked me not to give out my phone number anymore on here. But I think you can go back and see. If you really need to talk to me, reach out on email or... um I'm trying to think of another good way, Or you can go back and check old show notes. I'm sure the phone number is still on there. But if you guys need me, I want to be there for you. It just sometimes I miss the messages. Um, so please don't hold that against me. Finally, we can get to today's guest. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you guys. So, next Monday, daily show. Subscribe now. Tell your friends to subscribe. I need you guys there every day for those first couple of weeks. Listen to at least 10 minutes. I, I think that should probably do it. But I think they're going to be good shows, anyways. So, uh, you're going to be good. Uh, you're going to be in good hands. Trust me. Um, I think we got a lot of great things coming up. I'm just, uh, I would say now two and a half weeks behind on everything because of. Uh, because of COVID, and I'm not going to feel bad about that. Ryan, you are not. Note to sell, Ryan, Ryan, remember not to feel bad about that. Okay, thank you. Um, today's guest, Below Deck, Courtney Skipon. Courtney was the third stew. There is a hierarchy, you guys, in the boating industry, in the yachting industry, the yachties, as you were. Uh, she was on last season of Below Deck with Captain Lee. Uh, she had a uh, flirtation with Brian, if you guys remember. But what what I love about Courtney is that I, I follow Courtney on Twitter, and I find Ch- Courtney just really fucking funny. She's really funny. And I went back and I was watching a bunch of last season of Below Deck uh, to talk to her. And she handled herself at that reunion. If you guys know, the guys were just a sea of dicks that season. And it was like Ashton, Brian, Tanner. uh, And the ladies just handled themselves so much better, which seems to be the case in so many situations in life. But Courtney at that reunion, I thought really spoke. So, and we talk about that for uh, briefly in here. She just spoke so eloquently on that, about what she was going through, what women go through at times. I just thought she was so great. And she holds herself with such decency and kind of poise. I think poise is the right word. And Sometimes I think that can be mistaken for being cold, or at least she said that before. And I just that just doesn't seem like her at, at all. Like I was um, I was just really, really impressed by Courtney. So uh, and she really always has made me laugh on Twitter. So I was so excited that she agreed to come on. I do want to give uh, a huge failure of this interview. She recapped Salt Lake City with me. And just as great. And we do talk below deck her season. We didn't talk below deck this season. And I. I'm sorry, you guys, that was a huge oversight on my part, and I just was so excited talking to her that I just didn't get around to it. But I want to read some of the tweets. uh, If you guys are below deck fans now, Chef Rachel is the chef and Chef Rachel, you guys just to paint a picture. She um, told Captain Lee to kiss her cooter uh, a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what she said, kiss, but it was she definitely used the word cooter, which is something I don't really know if we need to bring that back into the vernacular. Um, but I appreciated the effort. Uh, she quit, and then she came back. And she really is one of the best chefs they've ever had. Courtney on Twitter last night said, Rachel is the best chef they've ever had, and despite the pressure of kicking ass, taking names, she doesn't once take the stress out on her crewmates. I haven't seen any of the male chefs practice that control. You know what else I haven't seen any of the male chefs practice? Sobriety. Bam! That's the kind of shit you're getting from her Twitter feed, folks. And that is at... Courtney, skip on, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-S-K-I-P-P-O-N. I'll put it in the show notes as well. She's just, uh, I don't know, she was delightful. And I actually, I got super nervous, as I do, talking to people I admire. Uh, But, uh, and by the way, she's also on a text chain, her, Kate Chastain, and Izzy from this season. And I'm like just jealous of that text thread. Like just imagine them texting each other during Below Deck stuff. I love it. Oh, the last thing I was going to say is that Courtney is, I, I you know, I'm nervous with every guest usually, but Courtney, I halfway through was got really nervous because I was like, I think Courtney's like 28 or something like that. And she's just really poised at speaking, very clear, seems like she knows herself. And I had this kind of identity crisis halfway through this interview. You won't be able to hear it. But it was almost like this otherworldly thing where I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I feel like a kid interviewing any of these people, you know, like, because I really, I'm like, I genuinely love them. Like, anybody that's usually on my show, I find something that I really love about them, and I get really excited to talk to them. But halfway through, I kind of had this, like, really weird identity crisis where I was like, God, she must think I'm just insane. Like, a grown man, like, asking her, you know, what's it like being on a boat? You know? (laughs) You know what I'm saying, like, because if I I view myself as like a 15 year old kid, so in that sense, I'm like, this is cool. Look at me. Look at look at who I'm talking to. But in the reality of that situation, grown man talking to a 28 year old, I just I was like, I wonder how, I wonder if I mean, most people don't, most people really don't think about the other person. You know, like they're in their own experience. But I was just like, God, I just she must just think. I just wonder how weird she thinks I am. Like, what's that guy's story? Why is he doing this? That's weird. But, anyways, guys, that's me. So, uh, but what I'm so excited for you guys to hear. This is Courtney Skip on Below Deck. I'll probably talk to you one more time this week. Remember to go follow the Patreon. I'm going to have an OC recap on there. Another a couple fun things. I'm still mailing out holiday cards. If you're a Patreon, um, uh, la- Patreon person, subscriber, God. Words still aren't coming really freely for me, folks, with the COVID fog. But make sure you reach out to me so I can send you a holiday card if you're a Patreon subscriber new so I can get that one. Because I think these are kind of like collector's items. So, uh, yeah. Let me know what your address is. I'll mail you out one uh, this week. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, just 25 minutes, just a quick intro I just did. You guys, hang in there. I'm hanging in there. So excited that we can finally start 2021 together. So bad it's good. 2021, let's do this. Courtney Skipon, below deck. We are recapping Real Housewives of Salt Lake City this past week. Hip-hop. Was it hip-hop and golf? It 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 was a wild title. Anyways, Courtney Skipon, she's awesome. Bye. deck and weirdly enough this is the show on bravo that is like one of if not the number one show on bravo it's not the housewives it's it's on a yacht so uh i always encourage people and i'm really kind of a captain lee man myself after captain sandy did what she did this past season but uh i last season i i really was infuriated by a lot of last season because of the men on that uh, yacht. But the women seem to be kind of like this powerhouse. And one person in particular, um, she also really cracks me up on Twitter. So I finally got the uh, the the balls to ask her and she said yes really easily. It's just a dream come true. So Courtney Skipon, welcome to the show. You are my favorite Stu from last season. How are you?
0: I'm good. That was very flattering. Thank you.
1: Well, you, I mean, okay. So I was re-watching that shit show of a reunion from last (laughs) season and I have to give you credit. Like I wanted to kind of know what was going through your head at certain times because you were so composed. And yet when anybody asked you a question, you were like, you were able to clearly speak, clearly get your things out without emotion. And then sometimes I would just catch you just staring off into the distance. (laughs) Like, I mean, were were you like, was it like, is it an out-of-body experience when you're doing something like that?
0: um, Leading up to it, like, I didn't really want to go. It had been quite a (laughs) contentious season. And I was like, I don't want to sit in a room with these people. Yeah. I'm not paid to be here. This is not what I want to be doing with my time. But I also felt that there was a lot that I wanted to say just to viewers, really, um, and clear some things up that I'd seen like on Twitter. And I didn't want people to feel that the behavior that they were seeing was acceptable and that I thought it was acceptable because I think in some ways I was, um, more acquiescent to it than I would have liked to be. So I wanted to make sure that the people at home knew that I (laughs) didn't agree with it.
1: No, if, if you handle you really handled it beautifully, and I remember like I I remember being infuriated last February when I watched that reunion, and then I was just as angry last night at midnight when I was watching it. So it still is very fresh for me. So I can't imagine what it's like for you. But uh, just to kind of take it back, you uh, you're also going to talk with me about Salt Lake, which I saw you tweeting about the other day, and I was like, oh my god, are you a Bravo fan in general? Were you before you even started the Below Deck journey?
0: I'm more of a Bravo fan now than I was prior to because I think I just understand like the machinations of how it works a little more and I understand like the interviews and I get like a little inside gossip sometimes from people that I know, which I'm incredibly nosy. So I love that for me. Um, (laughs) And also like we have a global pandemic of sorts. So like I have a lot more spare time to be invested in things that I normally wouldn't be. I tend to be like a background TV watcher, like not really paying attention. And now I'm slightly more invested this year.
1: But Bravo is kind of perfect because it is kind of a perfect background. Like, you know, I was just I had Below Deck on your season yesterday, just kind of because I'm still over at my parents because we all got sick together as families do, I guess. (laughs) And I was just had Below Deck on the whole season. And I would look up here and there and be like, oh, man, Ashton, that's that's insane, you know, and then just get back into doing whatever I'm doing. Do you have favorites uh, since you got on Below Deck? Is there things that you like and things you don't like on Bravo?
0: Um, I wasn't really a fan of Housewives prior to. Uh, they like yell a little bit too much for me, and I like just absorb all of that and get anxious. So I, <laughs> that's why I think I'm liking. Salt you Lake seem City completely
1: so controlled, though. Like that's what I'm saying. Like you have like this vibe, or at least you presented a vibe on there where you like never seemed out of like you just never seemed panicked. You seem, and if you compare it with the below deck stew staff from this season it's like night and day. Like they don't seem like they know what they're doing and you guys never seemed completely in a panic.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm pretty composed, I guess, naturally. I've always just been that way, yeah. but I think Kate was a really great like manager and she made me feel really comfortable and in control and not frazzled. So. Yeah. And I also wasn't worried about like, if something was going wrong, it didn't stress me out because I knew that I wasn't going to get in trouble for it. Cause like, we're all like, a <laughs> team, and I just felt comfortable.
1: Um, Okay, so you're in Vancouver, right? Is that, that's... Yes, I am. Now, this is just, I want to share with you guys this, just how stupid I am, is that she said PST. And last night was the first time as I'm coming out of my uh, uh, illness that I, my brain is still not working. And I found out for the first time last night that Canada has different time zones. I literally, I, I, I just typed in what time is it in Canada right now, not realizing there's different times. I'm completely idiotic. And that's, so I was, a, I was all of a sudden scared this morning that our interview was three hours ago.
0: <laughs> what do you mean? That's the same. PST LA is on Pacific Standard it, Time. It, it,
1: it totally is. But in my head, Canada was three hours ahead. I, I, I'm i telling you, there's no We it, had
0: like new, we had our own time zones, like Australia.
1: I, you guys seem to do things right. I figured <laughs> you, you did have your own time. And by the way, what is it like to be in Canada and watch everything in America right now?
0: Uh, emotionally draining, I suppose.
1: Yeah. And you know what helps that is when I just uh, sit and doom scroll on Twitter all day. That, that I really can't helps
0: stop. Things. I can't stop. The other it, day, my friend was like, have you looked at the news? I was like, I can't right now. And then I did it. And I was like, <laughs> all day, like 3 a.m. I'm up. I'm like, oh, can't sleep. Got it. Yeah.
1: I'm and up. like el- the election day, I did something like unprecedented and I didn't I stayed away from all social media for like 12 hours. And it was like and by the way, the, it turned out it went on for like a week of like not knowing who anything was, but I was so proud of myself and it really did help my sanity and I learned nothing from it. I like, I now just, I go on Twitter immediately. I watch the news religiously and it's kind of horrifying, which is another reason why these shows are great. Um, okay. So your journey, is it true what your bio says is that you randomly with a friend, you were stewardessing and then like, just how, how did you get started in in that aspect of things?
0: In yachting or on below deck?
1: In yachting. Because I think you, didn't you, weren't you a stewardess first for uh, a charter and then moved to below deck?
0: Yeah. So I went to business school in the South of France. Um, and one of my friends that I met there, who's actually from Vancouver as well, randomly, um really my only friend, actually. <laughs> 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 um, she was working on yachts. She had been at stewardess for years and she had a summer opening on the job or on the boat that she had been working on. So I actually sort of forced her to have me on. She was like, you can't do it. I was like, no, trust me. Like I'm cool. I promise. Yeah. And I you know to make summer job. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. So then you do that. And then is it like in the yachting community is below deck, like always whispered of like, there's an opening on below deck.
0: Um, no, I like, it never appealed to me necessarily. I'd certainly seen it, um, again, like as background. So I didn't have a huge investment in it. Um, Annie, who is the friend I was speaking of is obsessed with reality TV. And she was like, you would be perfect for below deck. Like you have to apply for it. And I was like, no, you're insane. Absolutely not. And then she was visiting me in Vancouver once I'd moved back over Christmas and we were having wine and she was like, just apply. Like you're perfect for it. Just do it. And there's like a website. It's just, you just Google like (laughs) low deck application. I was like, all right. So we're like having wine. I was just like sent it in. Are
1: there questions like uh, what angers you, what sets you off? Is there anything like that?
0: I think that comes later, but it was just, you have to send in a video. So I just like put together a bunch of clips of me like drinking wine in various locations and like those are Bravo wheelhouses. So Yeah.
1: She drinks. Uh, Let's get her on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to write a little bio and I think that was pretty much it.
1: And then how many interviews once they started interested like do they have to do like like just get to know everything about your life or is it pretty casual and they just see how you mix in with everybody?
0: Mine was really quick. I think they just saw an opening that they thought I might slot into really easily. Um, and so it went by really quickly. Like this was Christmas time, so end of December, and we filmed beginning of February. Yeah, like twenty nineteen.
1: Yeah, and so and and the the amount of time that was on it was that like what is it like six weeks or something or is it yeah it's six weeks? And you guys made like fourteen thousand something in tips, so that was great. Uh, Captain Lee is. Uh, is he just like a grumpy teddy bear? Like he presents or is, is I it think
0: he said grumpy? Like maybe I'm grumpy. So we just like connect in that way.
1: <laughs>
0: no. I know he's lovely.
1: He just is a man of few words as opposed to somebody like captain Sandy, uh, who seems like she's kind of like omnipresent. Like if she's, yeah. I sometimes don't know who's steering the boat sometimes with Sandy, but like captain Lee always just seems like man, a few words, and then sometimes he will say kind of like, uh, kiss my ass, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah,
0: that's my uh, preference. I like to say things when they have impact and otherwise it's not important.
1: Oh, see, I'm that's just compl- I'm completely opposite, obviously. Um, uh, <laughs> so uh, what is do you go through like reality show school once you're accepted in uh, something like this? And is it something that you're like, oh, man, I really kind of uh, I think I'm starting to have second uh, thoughts about this about my friends seeing my life on screen?
0: I didn't have any concerns. I think everyone else had concerns for me. (laughs) But I just, like, I think I'm confident in who I am, and I knew that if I was true to that, like, I, I, I wouldn't be embarrassed about anything, so...
1: Um, the, on the first episode you were kind of amazing. You were like, I, uh, cause you knew how to make, uh, like a, a bourbon drink or something. And you were like, yeah, I mean, that's what I would be doing on a yacht. I would be having champagne on a yacht. I would be having, it seems like you do appreciate a good drink and, uh, the yachting lifestyle. What's that like then to actually have to work in the yachting lifestyle?
0: It's hard. It's a, <laughs> because that, like when I worked on the boat in France, it was like quite a wealthy couple, and they're French, so they love like a big lunch. They have like great parties, great champagne, great food, lots of truffles. And I'm like, you have my exact food and wine preferences, and I'm just, hey, I'm just giving it to you, and I can't have any. I just have to smell it and then just give it back to you. But
1: okay, so not used to it. <laughs> um, so the crash course, there's not really a crash course. They put you on, or was it like? I mean, when you do those interviews, do they do those that day uh, after everything happens? Do you do that months later when they're asking you like, what was your thing with Brian? And then like, how do they do those talking heads for you guys?
0: We did them between every charter. So we would have a day where we had to turn over the boat after the guests and they would pull us each individually for like truly like five hours at a time for the Ah. green screen interviews. Like we'd get our hair and makeup. Um, And I'm really bad at those. Like they, it must've been like pulling teeth for them.
1: I mean, do do they feed you lines? Are they trying to like get the like, oh, that's good, you know?
0: No, they'll just ask you pressing questions. So sometimes, like, it seems as if we're electing to say an opinion about something, but we're we're being asked questions. I mean, it's your choice to answer that question, but you're not just saying it out of the
1: blue. That's the reality thing that I think is interesting is that you actually have to live that experience one time. And then you have to watch how that experience is framed and how it gets presented to all of us that are watching. Is that some kind of like weird twilight zone that your body goes through when you're actually seeing like actual situations that might not have that might have been great or might not have been great? Was that weird?
0: Uh, It felt as a whole truthful to what the situation was. There are certainly instances that are exaggerated or under exaggerated, you know, just for the purposes of storytelling, that's sort of how it has to be. So that can be like, you feel truly infuriated. And like, at the time you just feel everyone else is having opinions about something that you feel wasn't totally presented truthfully, not untruthfully, but just to the extent that you felt that it was having lived it. And there's so much that's left out. Like there's, it's a one hour TV show, there's 18 episodes and we're living 24 hours a day, working 16 hours a day. So Yeah, were
1: there things that you're like, oh, thank God they didn't use that. I was almost positive that storyline was going to get in.
0: Mm, no, but there were some things that I wish they had included that they didn't or or even just funny things. There were so many funny moments that I feel like the severity of our season didn't leave room for, which I felt was unfortunate because it would have been fun to relive those happier.
1: Yeah. I mean, cause your season, I mean, with the guy, it just got really intense really quickly. And it kind of was like a pal that was like, kind of like just over the whole, uh, yacht, which was interesting in the time that this happened with like, you know, all of like women's rights and me too and stuff. And that was why the reunion was like two parts. And it was just a really interesting discussion, especially the second part, part about how women are treated. And, uh, I thought it was just interesting how men are just like, Oh, overreactive, you're overreactive. And you very calmly was like, I'm not overreactive now. I am speaking very clearly. And I sometimes think it's interesting to watch men uh, reach for that immediately with women.
0: Yeah. I, like I, I was speaking very calmly and clearly and I wasn't making like sweeping accusations. I was simply expressing, expressing like the situation as I experienced it, how I felt that they could improve upon that. And that's not necessary. that's not for me. I think that they came from a place of like immediately feeling like it was an attack Yeah. Um, When, uh, for me, maybe I just feel differently about behavior. Like that doesn't have to be me saying that you did something wrong or that you treated someone poorly. Like almost everyone will do that in their lifetime. That's the human experience. And you don't have to absorb that as if that's your whole personality. You can separate yourself from that behavior. You can talk about it. You can say what you did wrong and then you can move on from it. But if you're just going to displace blame, like a little ping pong ball going everywhere, then that's when it becomes a problem for me.
1: But isn't that kind of, I, I keep mentioning this on the podcast. It just feels like that's where we are. The society is that nobody accepts blame anymore. We have like video proof of thing. You know, it's like you weren't smashing your fist on a window at any point, you know, like, no. and by the way, that's, you know, it seems like uh, I know Ashton, uh, I think he is sober right now. And it seems like he put a lot of work into that. But, you know, it's really funny how sometimes men react to situations and just raise their voice or like bulge their arms. And women come at it from a completely different way, but then we're able to gaslight women into saying you're still manipulative, you know? Yeah. Which is weird for a show like Below Tech to like face those issues, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I that was unexpected, really. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> it happened. It's unfortunate that that was my only experience, um, having it be so um, saturated, like high intensity. I wish it had been a little more lighthearted, but I think in the end, it certainly had its benefits.
1: Would you do it again if they presented you? Or have you been actually asked to come back?
0: No, they didn't ask me. I would have probably done it right away for the season that's airing now, but they didn't ask me. And I think at this point, it's a no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you actually had an iconic uh, uh, leaving moment where you got to see the dog on the uh, the walking out. You're like, oh, a dog. And I thought that was kind of like a really great way to leave a show. Uh, there was no drama. It was like this really cute little moment at the very end. And I thought that was nice. So if like, that is your end, I, I kind of would be bummed just because I thought you were really good, uh, a great presence, but um, it's gotta be silly when you start to watch more of these things and see how they're put together and like, Oh, do I really need that? You know? Cause you also don't seem like a very, like a, a thirst monster in any kind of way.
0: Yeah. I just did it. Cause I thought it would be a fun experience. Like I'm not doing it for any other reason. And I think, I mean, I loved working with Kate so much, so I would have loved to have done another season with her. I would have been disappointed had she been back and not me because I I would have enjoyed having a little, going in with a friendship already established. Um, but I think at, at this point, like, you know, like I'm I'm 28 now, I was 26 at the time that we filmed, like we need to be, you know, we need to be doing something
1: positive. I think you are the first person in Bravo history to actually say that, that's amazing. We, we need to do something positive. No, you're totally right. Um, So I guess how has this, uh, quarantine period been for you? I mean, it's been horrible for all of us. I'm I'm assuming it's kind of, I mean, as a traveler and things like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not ideal, but I'm also home in Vancouver. So I've gotten a lot more family time than I probably would otherwise. Um,
1: it's like too much family time. I've seen my parents more this year than I have in my entire life. Like they're outside. I can hear them arguing right now. And it's like, it's, it's too much, you know, too much family time.
0: (laughs) I know. I like, I I'm an only child. So it comes naturally to me and I'm also quite like introverted, but I am like, I can hear you chewing through the wall. Like I'm like texting them. I'm like, please stop chewing. It's illegal.
1: Yeah. It's funny. Like my parents have this, like, they have like a hole they're retired and we're in Arizona and they have like all their retired friends in the neighborhood. And it's just fun to like, Listen to them talk shit about their friend group through the walls.
0: Obsessed they're with like, that.
1: They're like, Sharon isn't talking to me. Today. You want to know why? Well, she thinks we brought sickness into this community. Like it's like, it's like crazy. Sorry. Oh I, my not want to be you. right in that. Oh, it's like, and my mom has competing book clubs. She's a member of two <gasps> book clubs. And then she talks shit about each book club to the it's 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 like it's like Biggie Tupac. It's like crazy, you oh know? Oh my god, I love that. Um okay, so you uh you started getting into bravo what is like what are your other kind of tastes? are you you seem like really smart and really like above uh not above bravo because geniuses love bravo, but like what is your normal go to like TV shows and stuff like that before all of this?
0: I'm not like I don't know I find myself really annoying and wanting to say that I don't watch TV that much and I'm like I read books, but like sometimes I just like stare at my phone and do nothing I like it's hard to say but like uh <laughs> I I'm not like, I really am not that big into TV. There's nothing that I'm super invested in. Although when I was working on a yacht in France, my reality TV loving friend got me into Love Island, UK, live and die for it. Live and die.
1: See, I I That's one of those things where I'm so scared to get into it because it's like Big Brother where there's like a 24 hour feed. And I'm like, if I go to Love Island, then I feel like I have no chance at any kind of normal life ever again. You know?
0: There's like one episode a day. It is over the top.
1: And, like, so it's basically they're all at an island to find love? Like, or do they bring new people on the island? They, I
0: think it's in Majorca.
1: Oh. And so they Al- have... A Baldwin country. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> 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 she should be on next season. <laughs> Um, they have like five guys and five girls or something, and then they have to couple up. And if you're not coupled up, then you're like off the Island. So there's always like one person that doesn't have a couple, I think maybe. Yeah. And then they bring in new people in. So they'll they'll always be like an uneven amount. Like they'll bring in two really hot girls and then everyone will question their relationship. It's
1: (laughs) has anybody found actual real love that you've seen on this show? So
0: I don't know why this came up recently, but I did have a full Google of like, where are they now? And a lot of them are like, They have kids, they're married, they're, they're cruising. So
1: it's like a successful version of the bachelor franchise because bachelor nation in America, it's like, they all get together for a year and then they just like end up dating each other in this weird, like incest, incestuous circle, you know, very
0: incestuous. I mean, I get it at the same time. Like people understand your experience and they've sort of been vetted in a way and you get them, but like, (laughs) that's weird.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying, like, dude, like the Bachelor people, are they on some kind of just insane text chain of like, I hooked up with Micah last night. Oh, I hooked up with Micah a year ago. Oh, I hooked up, you know, like, it seems like they all go to like events together. And then I'm like, the poor person that somebody dates that's not in Bachelor Nation, he's just like a regular girl or guy, Joe Schmoe. I wonder if they get like on the out with that. I I think about this way too much. You just (laughs) wonder like, because it just seems like they're, they're headed towards actually being a sovereign nation, I think eventually. Um, truly. uh okay without well speaking of that they kind of put you into a relationship with or you were in a little relationship with brian on the show <laughs> they put me into oh life. no no i'm I, sorry 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 do they do they like but do they when you're doing those conversations in the talking heads are they like you and brian were chummy last night uh anything there like do they kind of put more of a thought in your head about well yeah i guess we are in a boat and i guess they that that would make kind of interesting tv Does, is anything like that cross your mind or when you're doing stuff
0: Not as far as like that would make interesting TV because I mean, certainly I was new to it. So that wouldn't ever occur to me and I'm not really being paid enough to make interesting TV. So I'm just there to be myself (laughs) at that point. Um, And I'm not really susceptible to outside influences that much.
1: You really don't seem like you're, uh, yeah, you seem very in control, but I just didn't know if it was one of those things of like if producers are high-fiving when they see you guys go out in the town and there's like a flirtation, they're like, okay, that's what we need right there. You know?
0: I'm sure they probably loved it. I didn't, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, yes, you're, you're right, you're right. Um, uh, okay, so uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, have you watched from the very beginning? Yes, I have. What are your overall thoughts? And I guess in uh, if you're new to this, was there a Housewives show? You said they do a lot of screaming on the Housewives show, which I think Utah is a little different except for Jen Shaw, <laughs> who you said you were kind of scared of on Twitter the other day, which I think is yeah. very... Very valid. Um, was there any other Housewives shows that you attempted to watch before Utah?
0: I did watch New York this season, and I did watch Beverly Hills this season. And I had dabbled in both of those prior to, um, but those are like the key franchises, I feel like. So I did. Um, did you ever do
1: Vanderpump Rules or anything like that?
0: Yeah, like, but not consistently. Like, it, would, like, it would be on after work or something, and I just put it on, but not keeping up with a plot line. This was my first year of like investment in the characters.
1: But you know enough not to ever hook up with Jax Taylor, right? You know that. Oh, yes. Okay. I just wanted to make, I just want to make sure anybody on the show knows that that is not good. Yeah. You know? no. um, um, okay. So New York. And by the way, what were your thoughts on Lisa Rinna this season on Beverly Hills?
0: Mm, I can't remember. I Perfect. Didn't, I, I love know. that.
1: <laughs> she is not. Mem- no, I just like, she was the one that I felt like got so in everybody's business about, Uh, Denise and Brandy Glanville supposedly hooking up and Brandy Glanville wasn't on the show. And Lisa Rinna kept trying to make that her storyline. And I thought that was it's just a personal vendetta I have. It's not a big deal.
0: I kind of like Lisa, but also I have a hard time because I understand that there is the pressure to make a good reality TV show um, for cast members that have been in it for a long period of time. And then there's also like, do I want to be a good human? So I, uh, I understand that it's a job that you have to do, but it's like, how much are you willing to sacrifice in order to make that happen?
1: See, that's why I love you. Like you were actually able to kind of do the both where you came out looking like an exemplary human last season. And I thought that was like really very refreshing for these shows because you were actually able to be kind of quietly funny. Um, you were able to do normal reality show things. And then you kind of left really with your head held high. And I thought that was like, I mean, I don't want to be silly and be like girl power, but it was kind of cool to That's I was just really, once again, impressed by how clearly you spoke on that last episode Um, in, uh, which I think is very different than what we see on Utah, which seems like nobody is able to clearly speak, especially at the end of this episode at the, uh, (laughs) the (laughs) by the way, you guys, Whitney was completely tanked at the golf hip hop party for coach, uh, Coach Shaw, and she was trying to let Jen know something, and it's just like when somebody's drunk. She tried like five different times.
0: I know she's so sweet, though. I I don't know. She I felt like she displaced a bit of the blame when Mary spoke to her because Mary was like, all the women aren't talking to Jen about her issue with me because they're scared of her, but like Whitney's one of the women. She's not talking to like, and she's like, everyone else has said that, and it's like, you're, girl.
1: But isn't it crazy too? Is like how, like there's always those people in life like Whitney that I think Whitney is just so sweet. She seems like she has a really good heart. She's been through crazy amount of stuff with her family and her husband's family and then she's the one that gets like easily shit on, you know? I know. It's like, it's how dare you, Whitney? Yeah. Whitney was like, I'm just trying to make sure everybody's included. I, 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 was told to always stand up for like what's right. And she just like, it's like, oh girl, you're gonna be the target now, you know? I
0: know. And surely production was like, you have to talk to Jen during this. Like,
1: oh, you could tell because she was like tipsy trying to get that out of like, yeah, re- like remember, you have happen. to tell to Jen. And Heather is standing right next to her, which I think Heather and Whitney are just like this turning this weird little awesome team. Like I think Heather is like one of the like kind of big like hearts of the show. Like I think she's the center. Do you like
0: Heather as well? I love Heather so much. I've chatted to her a little bit on social media and I just think she, I think I love her attitude. I think she's like a really kind person. I love her relationship with her kids. I think she's a great mom and a great friend. I'm obsessed with her and she's
1: hilarious. I I I 100,000% agree. Like, and and what was cool about her on the first episode, it's like, I love that my admiration of her keeps growing where it's like the first episode we saw that uh, Mary was uh, we had Mary's bat chick Cause she married her step-grandfather, you know, mm-hmm. but with Heather, it's like, she started off strong, but now I feel like each week, something more kind of like is relatable about her. I, the, the weirdly tragic thing about her speaking about her divorce and how it pulled her like possibly away from her community and like the Mormon church. I mean, that's like real stuff. Like that's, mm really and like the way she treats her daughters and we finally you guys got to see her ex-husband this week which i was i was shocked i know i mean i mean and i don't want to say like i was just shocked because they showed a picture of her and uh him when they got married and it looks like the life force has been completely sucked out of this man <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like i he looked completely like like half the size he looked like he had like a 100 yard stare i just didn't know if he was like present
0: I know. I don't know. They it was a bit of an odd cameo. Maybe he was uncomfortable on camera. That might that's fair to say.
1: Actually. That to- that totally is fair to say. It was just like for somebody like Heather who seems like so full of life and so full of joking because yeah. they even had that joke in there about getting uh an ear pierced and he said, "Well, just just as long as they don't have tattoos." And she's like, "Well, they already got one." And he was, did, he didn't get it for a quick sec, which is great. Um yeah. so uh okay, so The episode starts. It's it's one of those interesting. Sorry, let me just pull my notes here. Um, What do you think of like you said, Jen Shaw? Kind of scares you, and she seems to have an outburst in a very housewife way every episode now. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's really who Jen is?
0: I certainly think that there are colors of that within Jen's personality. Uh, Like you can't, you don't do that without it being a little bit natural to you, but that being said, she comes across as very unnatural to me. It's like she's watched every single episode of every single season of Housewives and she has studied like every single thing and she's like, I'm going to do one of these iconic (laughs) moments in every
1: episode. Yeah, it's like she's like Housewives AI. She's like, we will build the perfect housewife. But it's like... But at the same time, I was like, okay, I feel exactly like you do, but I'm still totally okay with her having like a second season because I was like, I'd like to see her actually relax into it. And it's weird. We have all these Bravo watchers now that have watched every single episode and season of everything. So we judge everything so harshly when I think overall, this is still a better season than you get with most first season Housewives by far.
0: I think it's a great first season. And I think a lot of people are sort of turning away from it a little bit. They don't think it's like high intensity enough, but I'm really enjoying it. I
1: don't know. I, yeah, crazy. I think it's great. Do you also notice how they have, you know, they have the Housewives music, even below had music. They have like this weird um they put a choral aspect into the uh the Housewives music on Salt Lake where they, I think they're trying to do Mormon Tabernacle choir. it yeah. started off with they're like, oh 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 like they oh, do this. I
0: weird, did notice that.
1: And it makes me laugh so much because it's really unique but it's really startling and kind of puts this like Overall horror theme on it a little Which bit. I love. Know? I know. I like. It. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, what do you think of the the Brooks family? And would you get a Would you get a um, Brooks Marks uh, um, tracksuit?
0: I'm not a big tracksuit person, as you can imagine. <laughs> I've had my first foray into them this year. We're we're dabbling, but I don't think I'll go that, that- far. Like, I don't think I'll go as far as to like wear one in public yet.
1: Yeah, and also that would be kind of weird if you were on a Bravo show and then you're wearing a Brooks Marks tracksuit. I kind of love that. Uh, <laughs> just carrying some Vanderpump Rosé around with you. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, I feel like
0: Ramona with her like ageless on the table at dinner. It's <laughs> like just a Brooks Marks tracksuit sitting there. By that's the way, you're,
1: four, you're 40 years away from your skin line. So just get rid of it. <laughs> um, Can't
0: wait.
1: We start with like Whitney. And by the way, this episode is called Hip Hop and Heart, Heartbreak, which is Of course perfect. it is. Um, Whitney and Heather are on horses at the beginning. And uh, Whitney, I just love these stupid little conversations where Whitney's like, what else have you been writing, Heather? Like, you know, know. just in regards to sex, (laughs) which is great. Um, They're going back and forth. They do these little quick little scenes at the beginning of every episode. And Lisa, we're at Lisa Barlow's place and her son Jack is getting a bowl of cereal. And she asked, do you want me to make you something? But she's like, he's like, he immediately snaps back. No, I, I don't, I'm not craving a microwave hot dog, which is amazing.
0: That was iconic. I really loved him in that moment.
1: I did because I like the thing, like the family seems great. The kids are cute, really nice, but I do get worried about the amount of fast food they're ingesting. It seems, I mean, (laughs) and also I had a theory yesterday that I put out on Instagram is that the Barlows, I found a shot of them where they, did a family photo and it looked like the set from Twilight and I was like they could be vampires
0: that's they have a so very
1: land yeah like the kids like I was like this is very Twilight with these guys Um, but yeah no the kids are like cute as anything and I like that they kind of call their mom on crap the other thing is have your parents ever encouraged you to start businesses and then helped you along the way with that
0: no right like, <laughs> I, was on, I was on below deck like <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that's, I was like, I got, I was watching that you guys, she encouraged, the family encourages the son. The one son said something about like men's hair, like men's care. And now they have like a salt scrub line and a shampoo and a body conditioner. And it's called fresh wolf. And my parents never encouraged me to, my parents let me to be an actor for God's sake. They never put (laughs) any kind of reins on me. And I was like really jealous, but I was like, that's such an interesting dynamic into that family. Like you need a product if you're going to be in this family.
0: Yeah. I really, I think kids should learn how to do things like that from an early age. So I love that she's cultivating that in them already. They probably know how to do taxes. I don't, my dad does it. Well, so,
1: oh yeah. I mean, those kids will be able to buy and sell me in less than a year. Like I, I mean, and I'm, I'm not making fun of them. I'm sincerely saying, I wish I had that kind of, like, I can barely put a podcast together. You guys know that. And, um, okay. So, uh, Jen Shaw, we see her, uh, She's uh, planning Sharif's surprise birthday party. And she says, it's going, this is exactly Jen Shaw's issue. She goes, it's going to be shamazing, shamarvelous, shabom.com. So she's literally trying to make three t shirts in every episode, you know? Yeah.
0: She's Uh, just really trying to make Jen Shaw happen, and it's like it should happen naturally.
1: Yeah, like like Shaw Squad, great, but let us like I don't want you to be in on your own joke. I want us to do the joke, and then you appreciate the joke from afar. You know, absolutely. What do you think of? We kind of find out a little bit more about in this episode with Whitney and her relationship, where her her husband's family still has her husband's old wedding photo up, and then have recently put up her wedding photo because he's been married twice. That's wild, right?
0: It's so weird. I think clearly Whitney's confident in her relationship with her husband. So I don't think she's super worried about it, but how uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. No, she seems completely fine. And it seems like they are so used to being the outcasts of each, like of of his family, Yeah, but it's like, that is such a, um, that's just such like a weird burn. If you were to ever go on a family thing of like, that's, that's his first wife that we like more.
0: I know. I, that's one of my worst fears. If I ever have, you know, like a long-term partner of sorts, God forbid. You, by the
1: way, awesome. you can put the period right there. That's my worst fear having a long-term partner. Of no, sorts.
0: If I do like, what if I don't like the in-laws having to spend time, like non-electively with someone that I do not like for life is very alarming.
1: And like that's a it in luck because you don't want to then like upset your partner. Cause you know, it's awkward every time family gets together, yeah. but. Every romantic comedy is based around uh, not liking the in-laws. So it's like, it's just, it's hand in hand, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, We mentioned Mary briefly. What are your thoughts on uh, Mary? And I know you're a very nice person. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on Mary Cosby?
0: I don't know. I think Mary, (laughs) (laughs) I I think she, she seems like she, is a nice person. Although we, there was that weird video online about her yelling about her birthday cards.
1: Yeah. So on, I don't know. Like, by the way, that was on her, that was her preaching at her church. And yeah. she said, you know, you cheap asses. I only got 14 birthday cards, which is like, I, when I used to go to Catholic church, I, the priests never said anything. I mean, they said, I kind of zoned out most of the time, but I don't think they ever yelled at us for not giving money, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. I well, mean, she clearly has a lot of trauma, so it's hard for me to
1: you yeah, know, no, there, there's a lot of trauma, but like with, with, uh, cause I know, I don't know if you're aware of like the Erica Jane scandal that's happening on Beverly Hills with her mm-hmm. ex-husband. And it seems like there was one scene in this where Mary Cosby is not bragging. She says she forgets the number of homes she has, but then she goes to list Las Vegas, have this, have this, have this. And she also lets us know she never rents them out. Those stay empty no matter what, which by the way, I was like. Okay, guys, we all know where they are. Let's go live in them, you know, (laughs) don't you like from like, you seem like a really intelligent person. Don't you know, at this point, it never suits you to brag about specific wealth, because it can be used against you in later court dates and stuff like that?
0: How, oh, I wouldn't have made that connection. I see, I've got four dollars in the bank. I'm like, brag away, <laughs> come and get it.
1: No, but like, that's every because looking more into the church aspect of it, the, they were saying there's she's siphoning money from her parishioners, allegedly. Oh. So, just le- reading all the Erica Jane stuff that I had covered on a couple episodes ago is that the they're using Housewives episodes to say you bragged that it costs 40 grand a month to do the Erica Jane character, like specific mm-hmm. things. Oh, wow. So I just, I think sometimes it's like short-sighted where it kind of looks cool and it's exciting for us to be like, wow, she really is rich. But at the same time, I feel like that will eventually be used against her in some kind of court setting.
0: I mean, I guess it depends uh, if you're doing anything illegal or not.
1: I'm obviously thinking way too much about this. My favorite, <laughs> uh, my fa- one of my favorite little small characters is Mary's uh, housekeeper, Charlinda.
0: I know. And she keeps saying like, I'm all on my own. And she's like, girl, like-
1: <laughs> Well, she goes, she literally had like this kind of like, a couple episodes ago, kind of an in-depth conversation with her about like, you know, and then she goes, I, she's not my friend. We hardly know each other. And I was like,
0: what? She, li- she seems to live in your house. She at does live there.
1: She seems like she has many sets of clothing at that house. So, and by the way, every scene we see with them, they're kind of laughing and friendly with each other. So then in a talking head to be like, I'm not friends with her. is just, it's, it's very merry. It seems like.
0: Yeah. She seems like she has that within her for sure.
1: I will say though Mary is um they've made the they Mary is and the show has made Mary very charming in a well charming in certain ways not just because she drives the plot line but because you almost start to sympathize with her in the fact that she is being excluded. Anybody that's been excluded can like tap into those feelings, whether it be high school or whatever, being excluded from something. And, and Jen Shaw, the whole thing about this is she's being excluded from Jen Shaw's golf and hip hop party, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is just ridiculous that anybody wants to go to a golf and hip hop. I mean, it's it's weird that it even exists. It's, it looked great though. Yeah. Um, but like, it is funny. Like you do sympathize with Mary, right? A little bit.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I do.
1: Okay. Well, I, anyway, I think I I was like, if you try to take things at face value, if you try to ignore the marrying your step grandfather and the mom having been with that same person, you're kind of just like, oh, that's, it sucks when anybody's ex- excluded from anything. Yeah. Okay. We can agree on that. Okay. So, I just don't know
0: if I'm, I'm not like connected enough to marry to feel like a whole lot of empathy towards her but that makes me sound like a bad person
1: no no not at all (laughs) i just love that rob senior her her husband and step-grandfather she calls him on facetime to say that she is not being invited to this and uh you know he's very classy he's like you know that's don't even worry about that that's dumb you know it always seems like the men on these shows completely i think i would love to do a super cut of every scene on housewives that's a one of the housewives calling their husband and their husband completely dismissing it.
0: I mean, that is what men tend to do.
1: Oh, yeah. Because they just don't
0: care about stuff like that. It just doesn't even resonate that that would be like impactful in any way, which can be like a sort of like grounding experience, I suppose, in ways. But other ways, you're like, I just want to vent about this and I need you to not be so results-oriented here. I'm in the emotional phase.
1: (laughs) Um, And by the way, like, I, you know, and men, like, I I feel like that's like, men are grounded in a way, but also just men, like, we just seem kind of like our heads are in the clouds most of the time. And we're not thinking as deeply about anything as women are. Mm -hmm. Um, So the other girls, uh, she's just complaining. She's keeps complaining about the other girls not being on their side. Um, So this is Heather. We met her husband, Billy, her ex-husband, Billy. I still, we find out that the marriage got, uh, the marriage left because she was having a a baptism for one of the daughters and Heather had a date set and Billy, her husband asked to move the date a week because of his sister and Heather wouldn't do it. And said, he said, okay, well then I'm moving out. That's abrupt. (laughs) I mean, mean, if we had a nickel for every time something like that happened, no, it's like, (laughs) that seems completely bizarre. And she was like, And then she also used, which you got to love any kind of show that brings up the movie Scary Movie 3. She goes, we went and saw the movie Scary Movie 3 and they had a joke about a glory hole and he said, we're leaving. And then he withheld sex with me to show me how debaucherous I was for liking that. Isn't that insane? So emotionally abusive. But like over a Scary Movie 3 joke, like I feel like there's I mean, did they see the first two and like them? And then the third one, I mean, like there's so many questions I have about that, but like, it seems like Heather is just completely on the right side of everything. And I'm very happy she's out of that relationship, even though, I know. even though she seems like she's still like kind of regrets having the spiritual family ripped out from underneath her. It's like, there's so many levels there.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like that's just been, she was brought up with that. So it's hard to separate yourself from that mindset. I'm sure.
1: Do you like the religious aspect of like the, the, the backdrop of the Mormon church in the show?
0: I find it really interesting. I think yeah. it's like a new thing that we haven't seen before. So I think it's really, I mean, I had no idea.
1: Yeah, like that's, I mean, I think that kind of gives it more weight than other Housewives shows because you're like, oh man, like God, that's... That's a big one. Like you kind of get like grounds everything and you can kind of hear all of these stories, whether it be Jewish, Mormon, you have Mary's church. Uh, I mean, there's it just seems like everybody has an interesting uh, religious aspect to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of Whitney's friend, Sarah, that we got to meet again? We've seen her a couple times and she's on her third marriage. Um, and uh, she even had a little tool for cutting apples and walnuts, which I thought was interesting.
0: Like bizarre, though. Can we not simply use a knife?
1: That's what I was like, wow, there's a tool for everything. I think I was more fascinated with what she was cutting up with the apple than I was with what she was saying.
0: Yeah, and I don't think I, she said anything of value.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think, yeah, I think that's obviously, because by the way, you guys, she was the girl in the first episode that came in to Meredith's surprise party and wished Jen Shaw a happy birthday, not knowing it was Meredith. So she was kind of brought on as like this bubbly kind of they painted her as an airhead so it's interesting to see her continuing on with that uh, motif um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. um uh so yeah i thought it was interesting to see the husband they also these daughters get diamond earrings for valentine's day it it, it does seem like they're they're they do well i mean they could have been little ones they were probably
0: small
1: <laughs> thank you for standing up for the diamonds yeah so, <laughs> um so like the big thing though as the party gets nearer we also find out that coach uh coach Shaw does not like surprise parties and who does who does there are there are oh there are complete like people that are so full of themselves that love anything that revolves you know around Mm -hmm.
0: them but they usually
1: but they also usually are the people that get told about the surprise party in advance so they're not they can plan their reaction
0: that's true
1: What do you think of the Coach Shaw um, uh, relationship and uh, Coach Shaw and Jen relationship?
0: I think that he's, like I said, very grounding with her. I think you see parts of her that you maybe don't see. And clearly through his description of her, he was like, yeah, I like her because she was so sweet and everyone's like, what?
1: Yeah. Have you met your wife?
0: Yeah. So clearly there's sides of her that he sees or that he brings out in her that um, she is missing when she's on her own.
1: I wonder the what that. The show. I wonder if he bothers to watch the show, and I wonder if she encourages that or really says stay away from that. Because if that's really how he pictures her, I mean, he, I mean, he can't be completely oblivious to the fact of how she is. I, I mean, I feel like if he is, this would can be completely shocking this year.
0: Well, I mean, you see her at the party, like yelling and throwing glasses. And I mean, throwing glass within
1: like supposedly a minute of the argument. It was like, and you're right. You said it. It's like she studied everything, and like in that moment, she pictured Teresa Giudice with the book yeah. on season one of Jersey, and she was like, "This <laughs> is my moment. Now's the time." You know, I know. and. She really elevated that. And then you have Meredith uh, and Lisa who are so like, Meredith seems like she's like on Xanax full time. Like she's just that. like, she, <laughs> she doesn't even seem like she always disengages, which I can't imagine as a popular a popular thing for the producers on a reality show of like, you, you know, you can't, you can't keep disengaging, you know?
0: (laughs) I loved it when she used it the first time, but that's like clearly her thing. And I was like, okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What if next season she has different words for it, you know, know. I'm unattaching, you know? uh, But I just can't, I imagine that's frustrating because I did love it the first time too. Loved all the memes. Uh, Second time around, I'm like, Oh, this is like a thing you do. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, this probably is something you do in real life, not just for the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, just jumping around real fast. What did you think of the Seth Meredith romance? The of her husband that they were on a on a break supposedly at the beginning.
0: I mean, it seems like they're back together. I think, I don't know, who knows? I've never been married. So I don't know what that's like. It it seems like they needed some time apart to like recalibrate and they figured out that they wanted to be together. So I love that for them.
1: Is there any way I can get you to get married and then come back on the show later and answer that question?
0: Uh, I'll have to like text a few people, but okay. potentially yes,
1: let me know. Um, <laughs> so I just think it was like, but it was an interesting thing to play out on screen. And it seems like that entire family is like I said, like, it just, I've mentioned it. Like, it seems like the entire family is, is mutually on Xanax as a family together. So they never get, even when it's like very dramatic Brooks is like, and that Brooks, Brooks seems to be, um, the boss of that entire family. I know. Like I'm scared of Brooks. The parents seem scared of Brooks. They seem like they go to Brooks for approval. If they can hang out at places, if they can. And it's uh, everybody seems really comfortable with that arrangement.
0: He sort of has only child energy, despite being like, (laughs) he has two siblings. I sort of like relate to that. I think maybe it's because he's like currently living with his parents alone. So he is sort of the only child in that aspect. And he's like, Sometimes I act like that with my parents honestly. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying like probably, oh I I'm not I'm not an only child, but like that's gotta be like they probably take cues from you, right?
0: I mean, in, I in don't a know, sense. But sometimes I like tell on the like, I like I don't have siblings, so I'm like Mom
1: did this, Dad. And he's like, like, <laughs> wait, <laughs> isn't that crazy too when your parents come to you with like complaining about the other one and you're like, I don't, I don't want this. Like, I don't need this information.
0: <laughs> only only my mom does that. My dad <laughs> okay. doesn't care about
1: anything. Oh, it's it's wild. <laughs> it's wild here. I can't wait to get back uh to LA. Um, but it, it, it just an interesting family. And I'm just like, Brooks seems like he's like, I took a semester off to be with my mom while she was separated, but it also seems like he took a semester off to be on a reality show.
0: Oh, ah. Uh, Thousand percent, yeah. But I mean, like th- that's a great opportunity for him, I guess. So, like, a hundred thousand
1: percent. But don't you, you're on Twitter, don't you see that? Isn't it fascinating to watch the uh, the you know, exaltation and the praise of Brooks on that first episode? And then by the third episode, people had completely tired of him, and then yeah. the fourth episode, people were like, I think I like him again. Is that, did you experience a lot of that on Below Deck of having to go on Twitter and read people's opinions of you and things like that? And did that hurt?
0: People hated me for the first like three episodes, I think, like true putrid hate for me. (sighs) Um, I had truly one one person liked me. I still remember him. His name was Justin, like Justin <laughs> Klein or something. Love that yeah. man. Like he was like, I like you, Courtney, and I was like, oh my god, someone likes Justin! me. Justin, yeah. Shout out to Justin. Um, <laughs> that certainly was hard because more than anything, I felt like I was being misinterpreted. Because yeah. I f- I feel like I know who I am, and when my f- uh, like friends and family watched it, they felt that that was true to me, and they didn't see anything that they didn't understand. So I think it was people misunderstanding my intentions or who I am or why I was saying what I was saying, or that I was kidding. For the most part, they took everything as like absolute truth and serious. Well, you're having to catch up to
1: somebody's personality and way they walk through the world, you know?
0: Yeah. But I think to make sweeping assumptions about someone based on knowing that you don't fully understand them and being so harsh about it is, you know, not my style, but. (laughs) It's not your
1: style, but it seems like a lot of people's styles these days to like, it, it seems like we, uh, you know, we make somebody a winner and a loser all within the same week now, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just a real lack of empathy and, and critical thinking as far as.
1: I oh, think. critical thinking. What even is that? Like nobody could, uh, Um, So I just think that's a very interesting family. And then to compare it with Lisa Barlow's family, who are the little entrepreneurs and I love that last episode we had Meredith or Lisa and her husband talking where the husband said, we've got to spend more time with the kids. So she takes them to an aquarium this episode and lets them meet penguins. And it (laughs) was a really cute scene, but you could also tell Lisa was like, I enjoy spending time with you guys. You see this? We're spending time. Isn't this fun time we're spending together?
0: But I also think that's just like how she communicates.
1: Totally. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, It's like with a Diet Coke in her mouth. And um, okay. So... Yeah. I mean, so we all lead up to the party. Um, I got to say coach Shaw as like, I really, I, when I watch these shows, I kind of pick out people that I'm like, Oh, I wish I could be more like that where coach Shaw seems like you could tell him he was going anywhere. And he'd be like, I love the, you know, like we're going to the garbage dump. Oh, I love garbage dumps. That's so cool. I'd never seen where I like to see how that all works. He seems really positive about anything very quickly.
0: Yeah. He's like that little kid that gets like an avocado for Christmas. He unwraps. you like an avocado. <laughs> and <so he's> like, <laughs> Wait, is this the thing you
1: make guacamole? Are you kidding? I love yeah. this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah. Like I, I watch it and I go, I wish I could be a little bit more like that instead of like warming up to an idea. He's like positive about an idea from the onslaught, you know? Mm-hmm. Um She thinks they're going to a Popeye's chicken, you guys. She has Mm -hmm. obviously rented out a golf area and really decorated it extremely well. There's a step and repeat that says, like, Coach Shaw's birthday or something. There's balloons. Like, I mean, it really is a very, like, she spent a lot of money on this party. And I want to point out, this is the third party Jen has thrown in, like, nine episodes. There's always been three, already three Jen parties.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. I mean she clearly loves it. When my favorite part though is when they come down the stairs and they like it's a party and she's clearly like so chuffed with herself and then she like takes off her coat like she's Madonna or something. She yeah, just like yeah. popped up on stage and she's like uh, waiting for everyone to acknowledge like she's not wearing pants.
1: <laughs> she's and she's in the Beyoncé Super Bowl outfit. Um, yes. Like that was the exact outfit and Coach Shaw didn't even see, like Coach, she took her coach I Shaw was even like, oh, oh. It's like, what oh, are you doing? I thought okay. we're doing yeah. And see, um, and so she comes down. The amount of assistance Jen Shaw has too is that that's where I wish there would be some kind of cliff notes or something. Cause it seems like she has like eight assistants and they keep doing like chirons on screen of like Jen's third assistant, Jen's second assistant, here's Stu, her third is you know, it's like there's so many assistants that I wish we could do. A little behind the scenes of just meeting each assistant and what their oh jobs are.
0: They should have an interview. I right? Like it feels
1: like a, like a behind the scenes of like how that whole assistant. I still don't really know what Jen Shaw's company does. I think they throw parties, but I thought that was Lisa's thing.
0: I think she has a, yeah, Lisa has a marketing. I thought Jen had a marketing company too.
1: Yeah, I think that I mean, but then it came out like a couple like it came out recently that this the Jen Shaw Chalet was rented by Jen and she no longer lives there. She rented it for the show. So people were trying to say she's not. It's insanity, the behind the scenes stuff. Um, So Coach Shaw's there. The party's great. Coach Shaw seems like he likes it. Uh, Jen Shaw also lets us know in a talking head that. Well, I've been reading a self help book and it says, if I love somebody really hard, then I'll get love back. So I better be getting loved really hard after this since mm-hmm. I did this and show how much I love him. That's not exactly how those things work, you know? No,
0: I mean, that's not how a healthy relationship works. But you see that also with her and Meredith. She's like, I'm hoping that if I'm honest with Meredith about XYZ, then she'll be honest with me. Like, I need that exact level of honesty back. And she's not doing it in order to, like, grow their relationship or in order to feel like Meredith opens up to her. She's doing it because she feels like she's deserving of it because of what she's done.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's completely, I, the reason why that works is because it completely is not what you're supposed to do about anything. And that's yeah. why it's completely humorous. Cause you're like, Oh wow. That's not how relationships work at all. And you've been in this for 20 years. It's really interesting, but yeah. she's also doing it as a slight slam to Meredith and Seth, because she's trying to bring up the fact that Meredith and her relationship is kind of like, we don't know what's happening with that. And there's a rumor that she saw Meredith with like, you know, some guy at her trunk show in New York. So she's trying to like throw those digs in there as well. This all comes to a head at the party, you guys. And this is where it's insane. Cause you also start to see like, Lisa starts doing talking heads right at that moment where she's like starting to slam Whitney. And you mm-hmm. starting to realize she's like, oh, Whitney, she just needs so much attention. It's just so gross. And it's like the first kind of bad thing that we've heard somebody say about Whitney while she is trying to do hip hop dances and potentially breaking her neck on the dance floor. Yes. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. I mean, it, I mean, it looked like everybody was having fun, but that's when you were like, oh, Whitney's drunk. Like, that's cool. And her husband finally comes, but her husband, they do just like quick shots of where he's just playing golf by himself. Yeah. Which I think is great. So- Whitney uh, is with Heather, finally decides to take the bulls by the horn, pulls Jen aside at a party, which that has to be a production thing because there's no person in their right mind that would ever interrupt somebody's birthday party to potentially start an issue, you know?
0: Especially while that drunk and while Jen was drunk, you like a space suit.
1: (laughs) Especially with the space suit. Like, do you you have to sign something saying like, I will bring things up even if it's not in my normal uh, way of going about things? Like, because I hide from everything and I just don't imagine like that would ever be wanting to seen on reality shows, you know? It,
0: it's probably just a, a pressure having like, they're on reality TV for the first time. They don't really know how it works. They don't really have any like sense to say like, oh no, I won't do that. They're like, this is my job. I'm being paid for it. They're asking me to do this. So I guess I'll do
1: it. God, I would just love it. If there was like subtle pressure of like, It'd be super cool if somebody went up to Jen right now, but I guess there's nobody cool here in this building. You know, like it would be cool if they kind of like <laughs> that's, that's what it would be to me. <laughs> <girl>. <laughs> so she goes up, she tries to say uh something to Jen and she like gets it wrong three or four times. And Heather finally jumps in and says, Hey, these girls, uh Meredith and Lisa talked to um to Mary Cosby, and they are scared of you. And that's and Jen. That's when she goes from zero to 300 immediately. Like, I don't even know if she heard the whole thing come out of Heather's mouth. And she's like, what? And she flips out. She starts cursing all the other late, like Meredith and Lisa, like gather around. They must've been waved over and Meredith and Lisa, like try to put out the fire immediately of like, no, that's not true at all. But Jen's already like fully committed.
0: Yeah, there were like also that was clearly like Mary's experience. Like they didn't, there was no proof that Heather or sorry that uh, Lisa and Meredith had said that. So. No,
1: nothing on camera. Nothing. I mean, it's by the way, it's it's understandable if they were. I'd be yeah. kind of scared of Jen Shaw. Like I, I, wouldn't proving
0: a point. <laughs> yeah, like I
1: wouldn't. I mean, it's it's understandable, but I, but this is so. They go like, this is weird. So then they start having these one-off where Lisa pulls Jen aside and talks to her, calms her down. But at that moment, Meredith and Whitney's trying to talk to Meredith. And all of a sudden, I don't know how this got brought up to Jen. Meredith brings up that Jen. Let me know about your guy from New York. And that's when Meredith goes, I'm disengaging.
0: Yeah. She seems not super willing to let anyone mess with her relationship, which I get.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's very, I like, there's like an ice queen element to it, but I don't know if it necessarily works on this show. So it'll be interesting to see. And I know they just filmed the reunion this week. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But the interesting thing too, is that the, all of a sudden Jen gets set off. Her son tries to like, Oh mama, no, no. Like her sons are involved. Her one son has to take her out of there after she throws the glass. Yeah, Coach Shaw is like, well, this is what happens when you drink and you act stupid and things like that. And it's really interesting to see he's very calm about it too, you know? And he stays because it's his party. But imagine getting taken out, like you can't pull it together enough as the host of the party to stay there.
0: But also not to have the sense to say, like, this is my husband's birthday party. I've thrown this for him, brought everyone here. And now I'm throwing a fit and making him leave his own party that I, you know, did for him. And I'm taking that, like, completely way to center myself in this situation because someone said they were scared of me.
1: And especially if you're reading self-help books, I can't imagine this is in a self-help book where like, oh, if necessary, if somebody comes at you, throw a glass and leave. You're like, there's it's n- nowhere in any uh but I thought it was interesting the kids having to take her out and like you hear the kid the one kid like relax mama, it's all right. Which is like pretty dark if you think about like a kid trying to calm their mother down in a car while she's crying.
0: Yeah. Um, it's such a, a role reversal for you know, what I can relate to, yes. but I would find that really jarring and like emotionally stressful as a child. If oh,
1: that completely. Yeah. You guys remember a couple episodes ago, Jen Shaw also told us that her kids are the ones that let her know it was all right to get on antidepressants. And I thought that was a really, because she thought there was something wrong with her for being on that after her dad passed away. So it seems like the kids are a real integral part of Jen Shaw's sanity. So for them to get involved, I think just says a lot. So um, this is all leading up to to another episode next week. Um, It also just seems like, I do wonder how they keep Mary in the show when nobody really wants to film with her except for like Whitney. It just seems like now we're just kind of playing this weird game of like telephone where it's like, well, Mary said you're scared of this person. Like they're not filming together at all.
0: Yeah. Well, I heard that she was only meant to be like a friend of and then she ended up just being a more integral part of it. So maybe next season that will be- Yeah, I
1: I also heard there was like two production companies and like the first production company- uh, they they got let go like halfway through and the first production company were the ones that had picked Mary and the second production company didn't like her. And, and that's Whoa. why you see that like kind of being iced out. That that's could be a complete rumor, but that's, you know, if you guys believe the internet, that's, you know, I don't want to start more rumors, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's, uh, but yeah, that's the episode. Uh, I I still like this. I mean, I, I was really, I thought it was like really good Housewives episode. I did not, uh, I mean, like, You don't watch Real Housewives of Orange County, do you? No. Oh, please. Yeah. Stay away. Stay away from as far as you possibly can. It's like completely centered around coronavirus and there's like conspiracy theories. It's like just it's batshit crazy. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I like this a lot. Um, But thank you so much for doing this, Courtney. Like this really was an insane treat for me. And I know for anybody listening, how do we I know that's I know you're on Cameo, right? Yeah, unfortunately.
0: I, <laughs> I Like people forced me to. I was like, people should not have to pay to talk to me. This is like robbery. And I'm terrible at them. No, you I actually did a
1: super, videos. You, did, I think you did a super cut or something of you trying to do cameos on your Twitter. Um, You really are one of my funnier people that I follow on Twitter. What is your, I'll put this in the show notes as well, but it's just at Courtney Skipon. Sure is. Yeah, and uh, recently verified. So you know, she's the real deal. So that's, <laughs> Um, is there anything else that like we can support you or anything that you're involved with that you'd like us to know about?
0: No, (laughs) (laughs) nothing at all.
1: Um, well, thank you so much. I hope, uh, if you ever have anything that you ever want to talk about, you'll consider coming on again, but this has been just a great way to start my year. So thank you so much.
0: Oh, thank you for having me and for such kind words.
1: <laughs> oh, so I, I liked her so much. So um, hopefully she'll come on again down the line because I just think she's one of those people I think really has just great observations about these reality shows. And uh, so anyways, uh, awesome. Go uh, follow her on Instagram and Twitter if you don't already. She is a great follow and just seems like a great person. Uh, goodbye, you guys. I'll talk to you later this week. And I'm going to close with that mashup that I started with with the bgs and uh acdc mashup i'm gonna put the whole song in here for you guys because i just think it is a bop and also i want to recommend while we're at it i was on an hbo max watching kick over my sickness this past couple of weeks and i watched the bgs documentary um i think it's called how do you mend a broken heart on hbo max and i I have like you know like staying alive. I remember that was like the I I took my parents' Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, and I stole that from them as a kid, and I used to love that soundtrack. But it the, the story of the Bee Gees actually is this really kind of really touching story about creativity, about brotherhood, about family. I thought it was very beautiful. I dare you not to cry at certain moments in the Bee Gees documentary. I know that you're like Bee Gees, the guys who d- did disco, their their career actually was in kind of insane. They were, they had hits in like four different decades, uh, stuff I didn't know about, but documentaries I just love, love so much. So I really recommend that Bee Gees documentary. And I just watched the Tiger Woods documentary, the first part on Sunday. The second part comes out this next Sunday. I'm not a huge sports fan, as you guys know, but I'm a huge sports documentary fan. I want to make that very clear. Uh, it's a real clear delineation. No to sports, yes to sports documentaries. I don't like golf. I've never played golf. I've like, you know, the mini putt-putt thing, but I've never played a round of golf. But they make it fascinating. And I don't even like Tiger Woods. He did some wild things. But this documentary kind of doesn't pull its punches, kind of shows exactly why he is the way he is. And I think, uh, I think anybody's origin story is, is just fascinating. So I recommend that as well. He is my new Tiger King, uh, Tiger Woods. So you guys, I'll talk to you later this week. I love you. Thanks to Courtney Skipon, and we will talk to you very soon. Bye. Patches